tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Offensive Masterminds, running an outside zone on your intelligence. John Granado and Lance Zerline. All right, welcome back here. We weren't able to talk to him last week because we had phone issues, and boy, did we miss it. Late kick, At Late Kick Josh, Josh Pate joining us, the Late Kick with Josh Pate, uh, college football expert every week right here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Josh, sorry we missed you last week. What game did you go to? Oh, I went up to Seattle. Perhaps yeah. you guys caught a glimpse of that Oregon-Washington final. Pretty pretty interesting. Oh, my gosh. That looked like a great atmosphere. Uh, it was – but, okay, it, I know you want to be aggressive. Dan Lanning lost that lost that game for them. You've got to kick the field goals and take the points. It was a low-scoring game, too. I yeah. mean, it's points are at a premium. I, 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 but forget a culture – you know what? What's better than a culture of aggressiveness? A winning, culture? winning, a winning culture. So I've got a theory on this, and it's general. I've used it before, but I remember, um, I remember just like looking back over the history of our sport when guys have been in their thirties and have typically gotten their first job as a head man. In the past, it was Toledo, it was Western Michigan, and the like. And nowadays, your first job can be Oregon. Your first job can be uh, Georgia if you're Kirby or Ohio State if you're Ryan Day or Oklahoma if you're Lincoln Riley. So I I think people sometimes forget. It, it's going to sound like I'm making excuses. I'm not. I'm just trying to explain an alternate point of view here. I think sometimes people forget you don't get to sacrifice what it takes to learn the lessons that it takes to be a quality head coach just because you get hired in a major program, like you're still learning the lessons of the guys before you learn. It's just you get to learn them in a really white-hot spotlight, whereas if Dan Lanning made the same decision he just made the other day, but he did it at Eastern Michigan, no one would know because no one's watching Eastern Michigan. I think it's just kind of the price you pay, and you may have to bite a bullet every now and then on the front end of a guy's career, hoping that you've hired the right one for you know the next decade. The stakes are too high for that, though. I mean, you. I know. I know you're learning and whatnot. But when you're at Oregon, you're undefeated, high, a top ten team. I mean, you you hurt your football program. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I just was. I was beside myself watching watching that game. What was that atmosphere like, though? They they do not like each other, Washington and Oregon. I grew up in the South, and so naturally, I think the world revolves around SEC Saturdays. And I had had a couple of guys tell me who had worked at Washington what the game day of Washington was like. So, you know, I was skeptical. And I am—I swear to you guys, that was a high-level SEC venue. That was a high-level Big Ten venue. It's about seventy to 72,000, open end zone. So you don't think to yourself that the noise could match what you get in those closed, big, 100,000-seat environments. It did. Totally ear-splitting, like an unbelievably 
hostile, loud atmosphere, and it's also parked on the water up there in Seattle. It's unbelievable. Like everything that I was promised about that place, it delivered or went above and beyond delivering. I know who told you that. Cooper told you that about Washington. That is exactly who it was. And see, here's the thing. Sometimes he's very hit or miss. Like dinner recommendations, never trust the guy. And so when he starts talking to me about atmospheres, I don't know whether to trust him or not, but he's, he's earned some equity in my book. Yeah, yeah, he used to work for, he used to work for Washington. Um, and I've gone to Autzen before to a USC-Oregon game uh, one time, and it was, it was impressive. It was fun. I actually do think Oregon, regardless of result, I believe the Oregon's one of the four best teams in college football. I think Washington may be one of the four best. I'm not sure on Ohio State right now. Michigan, I think, yes. Ohio State, Penn State. How do you see that one, Josh? You got Penn State's got a good quarterback who's been untested up to this point, but I know Nittany Lion fans are very excited about their quarterback play. How do you see that one playing out? Because that is a, uh, that's a big one for jockeying inside the Big Ten. Yeah, huge. Absolutely huge. That's the one I'm going to Saturday. I have been waiting on this one. Um, you get a, a few theories tested. So you got some Penn State contingent who believe that they just haven't opened the offense up because they haven't had to. I, I tend to believe what you've seen from them is largely what they do. They've just done it pretty well and can play really good defense, so they don't have to score 45 a game. I think this kind of game is the most unpredictable kind because I think there's a very high likelihood that what happened last year happens this year. No one has any system or model. No one's prophetic enough to know that JT Tuomaloau is going to completely wreck a game defensively like he did last year. Well, this year, I think the same thing could happen, but it could happen either way. Uh, I think, and uh, Lance, you can tell me what you think about Olu Pashano, but that dude is a future NFL guy, regardless of what round he goes in. The right side of their offensive line maybe a little more vulnerable, and I think that's where Ohio State can attack, and I think also all across the Ohio State offensive line. Penn State could get after you, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be really tight. It's going to feel like that Notre Dame-Ohio State game. Neither, place, neither team wants to be the one who makes the first mistake. Someone eventually will, and I think that's what will determine the game, and I have no clue how to predict that. I leaned Ohio State slightly. I think it's going to be an incredible scene, though. Josh, talking about the left tackle for Penn State, Olafushanu, who is going to be a first-round pick uh, in the draft this next year. And it's going to – both teams made the honor roll for the Joe Moore Awards, but Ohio State just barely made it in. They always have talent but are consistently inconsistent with technique and results. And I think this is going to be a battle of the trenches, both O-line, D-line. Um, you, you, you know, you wouldn't typically say that about an Ohio State game where they're known for their – you know, for spectacular um, – uh, um, Wide receivers. Wide receivers, running backs. But this is really going to be who can control the line of scrimmage in this one. And it it may be a a little lower scoring game as well than some of the games we're used to seeing. Well, maybe not in the Big Ten. Big Ten was home with a 34-and-a-half over-under last week, John, between uh, Iowa and who did Iowa play? Iowa. Iowa and who was it? Wisconsin. It doesn't matter who who Iowa plays. Yeah, it was 34-and-a-half. Of course it went under. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter. So. Uh, the scoring's getting a little tighter, but yeah, I, I think you're right though about the right side of the line, left side of the line a lot better for Penn State. So um, this is going to be a really good matchup between. What do you think about the way? I'm curious what you thought as as a media member who asked questions. What did you think about the way that James Franklin 
derided and kind of made fun of the question coming from a, the fan on Zoom about throwing a, a ball up for a deep ball. Of course, I thought it's dumb. That's not how it works. But sometimes I think James Franklin's kind of not exactly the nicest guy. I've dealt with him before, and he's he's pretty arrogant in my dealings. So my view on all that stuff is I, I, I try and put myself in the position of a coach. I've always said if I was a coach, you'd say what you just said about Franklin about me all the time. Because I would, I would be a jerk. I'd end up being hated by folks <laughs> because I just, I believe that if I were to truly have have a mastery, relatively speaking, of something like football that had such a public interest, but the public was as relatively ignorant to the game as they are relative to a coach, I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't sit in press conferences and get questioned by people I know I could wrap in an intellectual pretzel in five seconds if I wanted to. So I couldn't do it. I'm telling you right now I couldn't, and I'd, I'd have moments like that all the time. My press conferences would be a circus because they would be contentious all the time. So what do I think about what he did? I, I think I'm shocked I don't see it more often. Now, was it a little bit of a jerk move? I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying I can't call the guy out when – I fully believe I would do the same thing all the time. I also think that sometimes that stuff was born six months ago with an exchange and a press conference, and, you know, we didn't see it because we don't follow the local beat, and maybe something's been bubbling and a guy's just waiting to pounce on someone. I think that happens, too. I don't know if that's the case here, but I I always think there's a little sub-layer when all of a sudden some random moment from a random press conference ends up going viral. Uh, Josh Payton with us at Late Kick Josh on on uh, Twitter. Uh, he's got his podcast, Late Kick Josh. Um, uh, Late Kick with Josh. Um, Josh, let me ask you this: What do you think of Lincoln Riley kind of throwing Caleb Williams under the bus a little bit when asked about guys not separating against Notre Dame? He said, "Oh, really? Because in the three turnovers, there were guys running free." Um, he t- sounds like he's a little pissed off at Caleb right now. Let me tell you who should be pissed off is Caleb Williams. You seen the offensive line he's yeah. trying to play behind? Yeah. Like that's what I'd be looking at. You seen how many points he's having to score per game because you hadn't put together a full football team. You just put together an offense. Like I would, I heard what you heard, and I sat there and thought to myself, "Wow, really? Okay, then." Now I look. He and Caleb Williams are probably the, the two that have the kind of relationship where that kind of stuff can fly. Maybe I, I assume that, but. Look, they got a game against Utah Saturday, and everyone just expects them to bounce back off this Notre Dame disaster. Mm. And and I'm just I'm looking at a lot of the stat profiles in that game, and I'm thinking about what Utah did to him twice last year. And I just think people think the bounce back moment for USC, no starting quarterback for Utah, it just magically resolves itself. And maybe it will, and maybe they're up 48-14 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. But I think there's a much more likely scenario where defense starts to enter the equation. There have been bad turnovers this year. They were great last year. That starts to enter the equation, and all of a sudden you feel that quicksand around your ankles and then your shins and then your knees, and all of a sudden you're waist deep in it, and Utah's got you exactly where they want you, and they're running the ball at will. And if that happens and they lose Saturday – 
I don't think folks are really realizing how toxic it would feel around USC football. I'd say the same thing about Miami and Clemson. One of them's about to have their third conference loss of the season, and neither of those fan bases are ready to accept that. So a lot of toxicity getting set just before Halloween here. Yeah. <clears throat> Utah's not the team that you want to see when you have a when you have a tough game you're trying to right the ship. They don't make it easy on you. You don't have fluid games mm-hmm. against Utah. Utah takes things away from you. Utah plays extremely physically. Utah makes it uncomfortable for you. That is not the kind of get <laughs> – that is not the definition. Especially with that offensive line. Of a get-right game. But I tell you what, it was – I was really impressed with Marcus Freeman and, and, and Notre Dame, the way Notre Dame came out. Sam Hartman did not have a good game, but they ran the ball well. And, boy, defensively, you're right. They just got all over Caleb Williams. And some of it was – you know, pass pro, and some of it was Caleb Williams just made some really bad decisions as well. That's You know, that's another thing that's a theme I like to touch on every year. My dad, I remember my dad used to always get so worked up when those preview magazines would come out, and he'd, he'd flip through them and he'd say, there they go again. And I'd say, what? what what they do? Who is they, by the way? And what did they do? <laughs> he'd say, well, everyone's talking about returning starters, and especially a quarterback. It always emphasized to me, just because a guy comes back after a big year does not mean he automatically gets 20% better just because he came back. It doesn't mean his stats get 20% better just because he came back, but that's always the assumption. The assumption is this guy just won the Heisman Trophy. People are saying that he could be the number one overall draft pick last year if he went out. Imagine how much better he's going to be next year. Well, what if he's not better? What if he's worse? What if the team's worse than they were last year? It doesn't compute in media day season. It doesn't compute in August. But that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Now, fortunately for them, they didn't lose a conference game last week. So, I mean, everything's still in front of them. But here's what else could be in front of them. More losses. That's what could also be in front of them. Because you're right. Utah's not a get-right team. And to just... To just blindly assume it'll magically happen like I think a lot of folks are is very misguided. That's Josh Pate at Late Kick Josh. Late Kick I go with to one Josh of these Pate. games with you, Josh. Man, well, I want to I want to roll to I, one of these games. I'm with telling Josh. you right now though, Josh, you're going to regret it. You should have been you should be here in Houston this Saturday when University of Houston upsets Texas right here at hey, TDECU Stadium. That. I heard that's a hot rumor. That's going to happen. Is that true? That is. It's a hot. It's the hottest. <laughs> ru- I just. I, I'm, I'm spreading that yesterday. rumor right now. I started it yesterday, and it's gonna, and I'm going to stay with it. All right, until until I'm proven wrong. You. All right. Well, I'll spread it all over the airwaves if you don't mind me putting your name on it. <laughs> no, uh, you don't know. Keep it quiet. Well, actually, I'm trying to on, keep it quiet. Actually, Josh. he's. Did you see it on Fox? It's. Uh, was it Ohio State? Penn State is on Fox, right? Yeah, yeah so and then the University and then of Houston right after. So on Fox, you'll be able to see both yeah. of those. Right, yeah. both those games. Yeah, both those games. All right, well, Josh, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for joining us. And if it does come true, you'll regret not retwe- not not tweeting that out, Josh. Okay? You'll regret it. I can't. Keep I it can't in your drafts. I can't wait to be regretful next week. Yes, I can't wait. <laughs> just keep that one in your drafts. I don't send it out just yet. 845, that's at Late Kick Josh. With us here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. As always, thanks, Josh. We appreciate it. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.